Welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be reviewing Week 7 in the NBA. Also, I will do, be doing my player spotlight on Bob McAdoo, the great Bob McAdoo. So, guys, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, it is week seven in the NBA, so let's do a little review as to what went down. So let's get into it, guys. Um, starting with Monday, Michael Porter Jr. for the Denver Nuggets. He's going to have back surgery. He was already out, so he's gonna be out indefinitely now so um bad news for the kid especially after they gave him that big contract extension so um so right now you're gonna need guys like will barton you're gonna need aaron gordon to step up in his absence so but a tough break for the kid that's for sure and moving on to the Brooklyn Nets, Joe Harris, he's to have ankle surgery, so he'll be out for four to eight weeks. So, um, you know, that's he he is a part of what they do over there with the uh, Nets. So right now you're going to need guys like Patty Mills, especially Patty Mills, to step in and do his part as well as a Bruce Brown. So. Um, and you need James Harden to play like something, you know, you need him to, uh, get his game together. So, uh, they should be with able to withstand this absence, but, uh, definitely isn't good. You know, they are already without Kyrie, who we all know won't take the vaccine. So, uh, no need to beat that dead horse. Moving on to, uh, going back to Denver, actually, Nikolai Jokic, the Joker, he's back for the Nuggets after that wrist wrist injury that he suffered. So he's back to, he had missed four games prior, so he, he came back and actually helped him to beat a tough Miami team. 120 to 111, a game in which he had 24 points, 15 rebounds, and seven assists. So he's back to his normal self. He just needed the rest because of the wrists, you know. Um, remember, he played every game last season. So, uh, so you know, every now and again, you get a blow that that's that helps. That's good. So, uh, let's move on to. Houston Rockets, where rookie Jalen Suggs, he suffers a fractured thumb, so he's out indefinitely. That's kind of bad news for the Rockets. You need a guy like Kevin Porter Jr., man, to play like something, you know? And then also uh, they have this kid, Garrison Matthews, who's... uh, 
who's undrafted, but um, he's he he's been playing, so uh, um, definitely need contributions. Of course, Eric Gordon, a, a vet like him, you need him to to step it up as well. So, but um, you know, this is a development year for those Rockets, so uh, that so you just want to see what you have in these guys. So, anywho. Let's move on to the situation with the New York Knicks. Now, the Knicks, what they've done is they have sat down Kimball Walker. He's no longer in the rotation, in fact. So, this is a bit of a crushing blow for him, but... Tom Thibodeau is a guy who he wants the, the defensive effort, that's for sure. And when he looks at the numbers, when it comes to defensive rating, plus minus and all that stuff, when he when Kimba's on the floor, they're like uh, either last or close to last place. So, yeah, so, um, you know, he's evaluated. He says, look... We're going to have to sit you down, Kimba. So, and him being the pro that he is will will likely do as he's been required to do without too much commotion. So, um, problem is he did the same thing last year with Austin Rivers, and we never heard pretty much from him again. So... Then Austin River goes to the Nuggets and actually helps <laughs> helps them um, when Jamal Murray goes down. So, so his track record in sitting guys and never going to them again so far isn't all that great. So, maybe do they sh now? The question is, do they ship out? the hometown hero. Do they do that? It's possible. It's quite possible. But, yeah, but if you, if you don't have any use for him, what do you do? And remember, they kind of gave him a, they gave him a two-year deal. For nine million, you know that's unlike Austin Rivers. That's nine million you're giving the guy who's not playing. So they have some serious questions to answer here. But and they promote Al Alec Burks to the start <clears throat> to the starting position. But Alec Burks is a guy who should be coming off the bench, to be honest with you. If anything, uh, Emmanuel quickly should have gotten that starting spot. I know everybody will say, D-Rose, D-Rose. No, D-Rose likes coming off that bench and sparking that unit there. So, um, yeah, when you got a unit of D-Rose, Burks, and Toppin, that's pretty, uh pretty good bench there. And then this gives opportunity, too, to the kid, uh, Quentin Grimes. So, yeah, so Knicks are in a bit of a, um, you have to figure it out. 
Um, thankfully for them, there's a few teams that's kind of meandering around 500. Uh, Philly is right now. Atlanta is as well. You got Indiana. You got Boston. So one of these teams are going to emerge and kind of surge. So um, why not it be the Knicks? But they're going to have to figure it out. So anyhow, so that's... Uh, oh, and there was the marquee game on Monday. Chicago facing the Hornets. And actually... Chicago ends up winning that game, 133-119. to 119. Uh, Nikolai, Nikolai Vucevic had 30 points with 14 rebounds. And you know he's back from COVID, so uh, he's playing well. DeMar DeRozan continues, man, um, to play terrific basketball. 28 points for him. Then you get 25 from Zach Levine. And then Lonzo Ball, he gives you 16 points with eight assists. So, uh, yeah, this is, this was a good game. This was a good game. And then for the Hornets, you got Terry Rozier, who comes in with 31 points. Uh, LaMelo Ball with 18 points and 13 assists. Now remember this was the this was ball versus ball here. Uh Lonzo versus LaMelo. So uh all in all pretty good game. So let's move on to Tuesday. Tuesday the Brooklyn Nets narrowly beats the Knicks. The Knicks go to Barclay and loses 112 to 110. Uh Speaking of James Harden, of course, he, he will have a monster game against the Knicks. 34 points, 10 rebounds, and then uh, KD, of course, doing KD-type things. 27 points for him. And on the losing end, Alex Burks, who's now in the starting lineup, gets his 25, Randall with 24. So, um... Yeah, yeah, and uh, Randall did a lot of complaining about the calls in this game. Um, but Shaq gave him some good advice, actually. Shaquille O'Neal for Inside the NBA told him, uh, you know, just put your head down and do the work because you're the big man that uh, nobody respects Goliath. They're not going to give you your calls that you think you should get. So uh, just put your head down and uh, keep grinding. Uh, pretty, pretty good advice, actually. Because if anybody knows about <laughs> the big man being uh, robbed of calls, it would be Shaquille O'Neal. So, anyway, let's move on to Phoenix getting their seventh, 17th straight win over Golden State, 104 to 96. Uh, then. Then remember, they're playing without Devin Booker. So, uh, DeAndre Ayton, 24 points, 11 rebounds. Then CP3 with a nice game, 15 points, 11 assists, 5 steals. Wow. So, and they put the clamps on uh, Steph Curry. He, sh he sh only had 12 points, shot Four for 21 from the field, 
three for 14 from the three-point line. So that's pretty much a game right there. You lock down Steph. That's pretty much ball game there. Um, Jordan Poole, who's having a fine year. 28 points for him in this loss. So, and then, and then in Lakerland, LeBron James got the news that he's in health and safety protocols because he uh, uh, he tested positive for COVID. No, he either tested positive for COVID or he. Uh, he had an inconclusive test. So what what had to happen was he had to get a, another test coming up. If he gets uh two negatives, then he's out of he's well it's if he gets another test and it comes up negative, then they'll rule out the inconclusive. So uh and that was actually the case, so uh so LeBron had to sit until this happens. So, uh, which is a tough break for the Lakers, who's trying to do something over there in the uh, in that rough and tumble Pacific Division. So, moving on to Wednesday, both Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat were fined, and also lost draft picks, uh, second rounders. Because of the uh, Kyle Lowry deal and the Lonzo Ball free ag free agency deals, respectively, so so it looks like Hanky Panky went on with that. They were fine. <laughs> they were they lose uh, second round draft picks. Doesn't sound like much of a punishment, but given the fact that these two guys are integral parts of your team. Um, yeah, that's that. That doesn't seem uh, too fair, but uh, it's not like you can take both those guys off that team. So, anyhow, so, so uh, Devin Booker, I talked about him before. He uh, he suffered that that hamstring injury, so he's day to day for now. Um, Bam out of Bayou for Miami. He's to undergo undergo thumb surgery so he will be out for four to six weeks so tough blow for Miami um, they're going to need a guy like Dwayne Deadman to step in in his absence uh, possibly a Markeith Morris um, they're definitely going to need some help because uh, out of Bayou there's not somebody you can easily replace so then in Chicago, for the Bulls, Kobe White, he tests positive for COVID, so he's going to be out at least uh, the 10, 10 games, of course, unless a uh, negative test pops up. Uh, more COVID news, Bones, Highland, and Austin Rivers. Speaking of Austin Rivers, for Denver Nuggets, test positive for COVID, so they're going to have to sit out a bit. Uh, moving on to the games. Oh, and one bit of news. Uh, Damian Lillard, he's going to be out 10 days at least. And they'll be reevaluated re after that. 
lower abdomen injury that he has. So, um, yeah, so that's tough blow for Portland, that's for sure. So, uh, a guy like Simmons, uh, Anthony Simmons is going to have to step up. Definitely C.J. McCollum, uh, Norman Powell. You're going to need some offensive punch with Dame on the sideline. So, uh, moving on to the games. Boston squeaks by Philly. The mark, these are the marquee games. 88-87. to 87. Jason Tatum, 26 points, 16 rebounds. He's been on a tear as of late. Uh, helping Boston get the win. And then on the losing end, Joel Embiid, they held him in check. 13 points, 18 rebounds, 6 assists. But he shot 3 for 17 from the field. Not what you want, that's for sure. So, And then... The Milwaukee Bucks, who have been red hot as of late, they get by the Charlotte Hornets, uh, t uh, one twenty-seven to one twenty-five. The Greek Creek goes off. Giannis with forty points, twelve rebounds, nine assists. On the losing end, Lamelo Ball has thirty-six points. He drops eight threes in that game. Wow. Nine assists with and three steals, so uh, definitely a solid game for him in the loss. And then Carl Anthony Towns actually injures his lower back late in the Minnesota loss to the Washington Wizards, uh, and he's now day to day. So, uh, so hopefully this won't keep him on the sideline too long. So. Moving on to Thursday. Thursday, Kevin Loves gets cited and awarded for his work as a advocate for mental health. Remember, he came out in the Players' Tribune and had the article about depression and um, mental illness. So, uh, this was back in 2018. So, kudos to Kevin Love for doing the work off the court as well as on, so uh, you definitely like to see that. In terms of, we're now in December, so <clears throat> so they did Player of the Month for the combined October and November, so these are players, you know, the first part of the season, basically. So in the West, Josh Giddy for the OK, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, he... He got uh, Rookie of the Year for the West, and Evan Mobley for the Cleveland Cavaliers got it for the East. So, Josh Giddy playing very well, playing next to Shai Gilkis, uh, Alexander, and Evan Mobley. He's been playing really good ball, the big man there. He's been a perfect complement to Jared Allen, and actually uh, the Cavs are surprising everybody in the league thus far. So uh so kudos to those guys. In terms of the coaches of the year, uh, well, coaches of the month, that would go to Monty Williams in the West who has a 18 and 3 record. Only team that's has a similar record is 
Golden State, obviously, but Monty Williams continuing what the work he did last year. His team looking very good. And then in the East, Billy Donovan with a 14-8 and record. Uh, definitely uh, helping that ball club there. So, um, so kudos to those guys for getting uh, Coach of the Month. As far as Players of the Month... Who, who could, else could it be in the West? Steph Curry, off to the amazing start. Uh, 27.8 points per game. 6.6 assists. 5.7 rebounds uh, per game. So, uh, definitely putting in his work. And then uh, Kevin Durant in the East. Uh, with his 28.6 uh, points per game which is actually leading the league. 7.5 rebounds, 5.6 assists for him. So, uh, cool to get those guys coming out the gate so far. And then Tuesday, we find out about uh, LeBron's COVID tests. He shows a false positive. So, he's out of the He's been cleared of the health and safety protocols. So uh, that was the thing uh, they were hoping for that he get a false, po that it was a false positive, and then he comes back with a negative test. So, uh, so they get LeBron back, uh, thankfully. And then you have Zion Williamson for the New Orleans Pelicans. He suffers a setback in his comeback from foot foot injury so uh so he will he'll take a little bit longer to get back so uh bear that in mind guys uh also thursday the memphis grizzlies now memphis grizzlies were playing without john morant so they were already at a deficit they end up setting an nba record by beating okc 152 to 79 uh 73 point beating that okc took which is a record wow Whew. goodness uh jared jackson jr led the way with 27 points and they had nine count them nine players in double figures in that game uh yeah which led a lot of people to question sam presti and what it what in the heck is he doing over there? So, and rightfully so, um, you would think the team would be a little further along than what they are. But, I mean, they're rebuilding. So, but to lose by 73 points in an NBA game is unacceptable. So, so there's that. And then the, uh, one of the marquee games, the Knicks goes, uh, hosts the... Chicago Bulls and Chicago ends up winning that 119 to 115. DeMar DeRozan continues to be on a tear, 34 points for him and for both Vucevic and Levine, uh, 27 points apiece. Um, on the losing side, Randall does drop 30 points. Um, but the only thing is <laughs> between the, uh, oh, the, 
they now went with a three guard alignment of uh, Alec Burks, uh, Emmanuel. Quickly, he moved it to the starting lineup and Fournier. So they went with a three guard alignment to to which uh, guess it helped, but not enough for the win. So and then on Friday we see. Uh, Portland fires their GM, uh, Neil uh, O'Shea, um, because of workplace conduct. Uh, yeah, conduct that wasn't conducive to the the rules. And uh, a lot of misogyny, supposedly. Also, some racism and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, they named Joe Cronin the interim GM for the moment. So, um, it'll be interesting to see with Cronin in that position now. Uh, what do they do with a Dame Lillard? What do they, uh, will this team make any moves during the season? So, uh, that definitely bears some watching. For the Milwaukee Bucks, they signed veteran... Uh, Wesley Matthews, uh, the swing man. So, uh, you know, they need some veteran help there. I know Pat Conaghan, um, he was hurt. So, uh, definitely, he's a vet who knows Coach uh, Bootenhoser's system. So, uh, this is a plus for them. And then... Uh, Cleveland goes to Washington and gets the win. Cleveland's playing well. They're 13 and 10 at that point. Four straight wins. Uh, so they get to win 116, uh, 101. Darius Garland, 32 points, 10 assists, and eight rebounds. Then uh, Jared Allen, who's been playing well, at also 28 points, 13 rebounds for him. Then Philly edges Atlanta on the road, 98-96. Joel and B bouncing back, 28 points, 12 rebounds. And on the losing side, Trey Young, 25 points and 10 assists. Also, uh, Utah beats Boston, 137-130. to 130. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's been playing great. 34 points for him. Uh, Mike Connolly, 29 points for him. And the loss, Jalen, uh, Jason Tatum, 37 points. And Dennis Schroeder, 26 points. Al Horford with 21 points and 9 assists. So, then later that evening, Golden State snaps uh, Phoenix's 18-game win streak. 118, uh, 96. Steph comes back in a big way, uh, 23 points. There's five players in double figures in that game. And remember, they're without Devin Booker yet again. So, uh, with DeAndre Ayton leading them with 23 points. So, and then in the Battle of LA, the Clippers beat the Lakers 119 to 115. Uh, 
you have uh, Marcus Morris with 20, 21 points. They have six players in double figures. So, uh, And then Luke Kennard with some clutch threes in that fourth quarter to seal the win. Uh, for the Lakers, LeBron, who came back from the COVID, uh, 23 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Anthony Davis, 27 points with 10 rebounds as well. So, all right, guys, I'm going to cut it off there. We have Saturday and Sunday to go, so uh, just hang in there, and I'll be back on the other side. Okay, guys, let's finish off week seven in the NBA. This is the review of all that went on. So I stopped at Saturday, so we'll cover Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday, it come, <laughs> come to find out that LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Mason Plumley and Jalen McDaniels all are in health and safety protocols for COVID. So basically they need two consecutive negative tests in order to play again. So, um, so you talk about taking away, take away your backcourt as well as, well, Plumley was uh, hurt already. And then, McDaniels, he was playing. So, so you talk about taking all that away. That's kind of a tough blow there. So, uh, hopefully they can get back on the court soon. And then in Chicago, Alex Caruso injures his hamstring uh, in their win over Brooklyn. They played an afternoon game against Brooklyn and beat them. Uh, Zach Levine in that game had 31. So, Alex Caruso, you know, he was a free agent coming over from the Lakers. Um, he was coming off the bench for them. So, a bit of a crushing blow. And then add on to that, Kobe White was still in pro health and safety protocols himself. So, it kind of cripples that Chicago bench over there. So, that bears watching. Uh, also in that game... DeMar DeRozan continues to be on a tear. 29 points for him in that game. On the other side, uh, Kevin Durant, 28 points. LaMarcus Aldridge had 20 points. Harden, uh, he, he's been up and down uh, this year thus far. Of course, he's up against the Knicks and down in this one, but go figure. 14 points. He shot 5 for 21 from the field, 1 for 5 from 3. So he continues to be a mystery, guys. Uh, I, I understand all those rule changes as far as drawing fouls. But, I mean, you would think by now he's has adjusted to, uh, you know, the rule changes, but it doesn't seem so. And also, Kevin Durant. Remember, he passed Allen Iverson for 25th. Now he's up to 24th. He just passed Ray Allen. So he continues to climb up the all-time scoring list. So, And will do so for the rest of the season, it seems. And then the Knicks lost. They had a day game, and they lost to Denver 113-99. to The Joker in that game had 32 points, 11 rebounds. And on the Knicks side, it was Julius Randle with 24. Knicks have now lost three straight, and they're scr 
scrambling to find out what's going on. They already made the change with Kimba Walker, taking him out of the lineup. So Tom Thibodeau is going to have to figure some things out here. You know, everybody's first inclination is, oh, make a trade, this and that. But, you know, you got all these pieces. You just got to blend them together. You got to figure out. You got all this young talent. What are you going to do with that? Then you got these veterans here who need to step up. So Tip's going to have to figure it out. He's going to have to figure some things out here to get to maximize what he has with this team. I think I may spend a podcast actually breaking that down. So we'll, we'll see in the future. We'll see. And then another marquee game. Milwaukee blows out Miami. 124 to 102. Uh, Pat Conaghan uh, off the bench. 23 points for him. Um, also, Chris Middleton, 22 points. And there was no Giannis in that game. Giannis was out with a calf injury. So, And then on the Miami side, you did get 19 points and 16 rebounds from Bobby Portis, who has been playing yeoman's work filling in for Brooke Lopez while he's been hurt. And then a guy like Alex Stross, he had 25. He did it coming off the bench. And the combination of Kyle Lowry, uh, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson, 12 for 39 from the field. And 5 from 20 from 3, so... Though that's not what you want, that's for sure. Not from the, that trio of guys. So, uh, so that. Oh, and then Memphis. Memphis has been hot lately. Memphis goes on to beat Dallas 97-90. Uh, this is their fourth straight game um, that they won. Desmond Bain, who's having a... Now, he's a guy who I talked about Tyler Hero maybe about a week back. He's a guy who needs to be discussed as most improved player. 29 points for him in this game. Um, and then also, um, there was no Luka Doncic. That, um, it seems to be he's having conditioning problems. I'll talk about that in another podcast as well. And... Uh, they did get 29 from uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. So, uh, but Memphis, uh, the coach over there, Tyler Jenkins, really doing a job over there with its team this year so far. So, they they've been one of the surprise teams in the league. And then Sunday, uh, Utah, uh, in a close one, beats Cleveland in one of the marquee games, 109-108. In that game, we saw Donovan Mitchell. Seems like I talk about him every time I talk about Utah. 35 points for him. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 20 rebounds, 5 blocks in that game. So his presence inside was definitely felt. And on the losing side, Darius uh, Garland, who's having a very good season. 31 points in the loss, so... And then the final marquee game, that would be uh, the Charlotte Hornets going to Atlanta 
and beating them. Remember, they were shorthanded, by the way. 130 to 27. Got 32 points from Miles Bridges. Kelly Oubre, he scored 28 for them. And on the Atlanta side, 31 points for John Collins. Kevin Herter with 28. And Trey Young with 25. So, even shorthanded, they go to Atlanta and take care of business. Atlanta's been kind of meandering too, kind of like the Knicks, kind of like Philly and some other teams. So these are the times you got to shore it up, guys, because that middle of the pack is kind of right there for somebody to really take off and get on a streak there. So anyhow, so that is the week in review in that regard. Some big games coming up for next week. We'll talk about that uh, for week eight in the NBA. All right. And then my player's uh, spotlight is uh, actually you'll, I'll be having that coming up. And it's going to be on Bob McAdoo. So, uh, guys, stay tuned for that. Okay, guys. The... Gonna do the player spotlight for the week of week seven in the NBA. And I'm going to spotlight Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo. Now remember, he had he had previously, back when the list of the top 50 came out, he just missed the cut. And a lot of people raved and hollered about it. And once I'm done with this, you'll be like, yeah, they were kind of right. So um, he missed the cut there, but he did make the 75. So the top 75. So let's talk about Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo born in Greensboro, North Carolina, September 25th, 1951. Uh, his mother, a grade school teacher, his father, a custodian at... North Carolina A and T College, there in North Carolina. So, uh, at the tender age of three, is when he first shot a basketball. So you kind of figure he was destined for this. So, um, so starting out young, playing ball, and then while playing basketball in high school. He also made the marching band as a saxophone player. So this is a guy that that's multi-talented. So uh, and also he was a track star. Uh, he actually set the state record for the high jump at that time. Uh, and also at one track meet that he was a part of, uh, one of the rivals was future teammate and NBA player. Uh, Bobby Jones. So, uh, yeah. So, so uh, some competition there, that's for sure. Uh, his dream college was always going to the University of North Carolina there with Dean Smith. But uh, actually, he was unable to do that right out the start because, you know, he uh, he struggled with his grades. He struggled with his grades, so... The route back then was you go to junior college, you go there for a couple of years, then you transition to the, uh, you transition to university. Well, to a four year. So, uh, 
So what he ended up doing was he enrolled, he ended up enrolling at a junior college uh, at Vincent's University. That's in Indiana. So he went there for two years. While he was there, he won a junior championship, junior college championship there. He was All-American as well in his two seasons there. And in those two seasons, he averaged 22 points a game, 10 and a half rebounds per game. So, And then also, following his stint there, he played in the, Pan, the 1971 Pan Am Games, where the U.S. finished seventh back then. So uh, this was back when they had the pro... The pro uh, players from overseas playing and so forth. Uh, he averaged 11 points per game in those Pan Am games. So, so he, he ends up, so he does his two years at Vincent's. His mother actually ends up calling, uh, Dean Smith and kind of, uh, calling him to the carpet there. Like everybody else is recruiting my son. Why you're not doing that? So, Got, that kind of got Dean, Dean Smith's attention. And then, uh, you know, he, uh, I could do fulfill this dream. He ended up enrolling at uh, UNC. So after his uh, junior college stint there. And, and then actually, this is Dean Smith's only junior college player that he ever recruited. This is the only one he's ever recruited, so uh, that's saying something for McAdoo to impress Dean Smith in such a way. While there, Dean, um, while there with Dean Smith at UNC, McAdoo, along with, like I said, future teammate Bobby Jones, led UNC to a 26-5 and record at the time and a Final Four appearance as well. And he averaged on the season 19 and a half points per game, a little over 10 rebounds. So very fine showing there for him. Uh, but he only stayed the one year. He stayed the one year there. Uh, he sought hardship, the hardship clause back then uh, in order to leave college because that's what you did in order to leave uh, university. Uh, but he did this. Um, after talking to Dean Smith, in fact, only Dean Smith and McAdoo's father was on board with him leaving college early. His mother was very annoyed, especially, you know, after politicking to get him in there. So, but Dean Smith understood. He said, uh, go ahead and, you know, go make the money for your family and so forth. So, so McAdoo eligible for the. 1972 draft, but remember also there was the ABA and the Virginia Squires was actually trying to sign him to a contract, but that contract was reportedly voided because he was too young to sign the deal, so on and so forth, I guess without agent representation and those sort of legalities, so... Um, and even with that, the Virginia Squires went ahead and drafted him anyway. He dra they drafted him number one. And then remember, too, 
at the time they had a gentleman by the name of Julius Irvin. So you would have had Julius Irvin and McAdoo on the same squad. Man. Anyhow, so. And then with that bit of news out, the commissioner of the NBA at the time, Walter Kelly, uh, kind of issued an edict around the NBA. Look, don't draft Bob McAdoo because, you know, he's been um, getting overtures from the ABA and so forth. So he kind of tried to dissuade teams from doing that. Uh, Buffalo had other ideas. So the draft came. And picking second, the Buffalo Braves, who later becomes the Los Angeles Clippers, they end up drafting Bob McAdoo, second overall. The first overall pick went to Portland, and that was LaRue Martin, one of the uh, more famous busts as far as the number one overall pick goes. So, um... So they bypass McAdoo to draft Martin. Anyhow, so the Buffalo Braves draft Bob McAdoo. Um, his and and his rookie his rookie season was very successful, very successful. Um, his coach at the time was Jack Ramsey. Jack Ramsey thought he was too small to play the center position, so he ends up. Starting him out as a small forward. Problem with that is Bob McAdoo's defense wasn't all that great. So uh, he ended up getting, you know, getting torched on a regular basis, you know, by the likes of Bill Bradley and all the small forwards that were playing then. So, so you know, uh, eventually... Uh, Jack Ramsey realized the error in his ways, and then the latter part of the season, he moved him to the center position where he began to flourish. And in that, like I said, his rookie campaign ended up being successful. He wins rookie of the year, averaging 18 points per game with nine rebounds. But the team itself, not so successful. 21 and 59. I mean, he played with a sorry team at the time. So moving on to sophomore year, uh, the Braves ended up drafting a rookie point guard, Ernie DiGregario, and also they acquired Jim McMillan from the Lakers. Uh, they got him in a trade. So, um, And then sophomore year in the NBA, McAdoo leads the NBA in scoring with a 30-point average, and he also led the league in field, field goal percentage at 54.7% from the field. Also, he, he averaged 15 rebounds. Now that, now that season, the team improves greatly. In fact, they improved by 21 games. They win... 42 games that season it ends up in the playoffs. So in his third year, uh, this is 1974-75, he ends up averaging 34.5 points per game, 14 rebounds, over, a little over 14 rebounds, and over two blocks per game, all the while shooting 
51.2% from the field, 80.5% from the uh, charity stripe. And this led him to end up being the league MVP. This is after his third season in the NBA. And, and that ball club, by the way, ended up winning 49 games with 33 losses, finishing third in the NBA. This is the Baltimore Braves, guys. So that's a pretty good accomplishment. Also that year, he ends up leading all players in all-star voting. And and also, till this date, he is the youngest player to record a 50-point, 20-rebound game in the NBA. I was surprised by this. I thought uh, a guy like Wilt Chamberlain, Chamberlain would have that record. But remember, Wilt played, you know, his four years with uh, Kansas. So, uh, so I guess that, that makes sense. Anyhow, so... That was his third season. Fourth season, he he ends up um, scoring champ yet again. This is three straight for him. Scoring 31, a little over 31 points per game. And that team ended up uh, winning 46 games against 36 losses. And the thing was that although they were doing this good, they could never give over the likes of the Baltimore Bullets, the Boston Celtics, of course. And actually, at the time, uh, Bill Russell, who was actually this Seattle C Supersonics coach, he dubbed McAdoo as the greatest scorer, the greatest shooter of all time. Some people want to say the biggest big man shooter, but he said the greatest shooter of all time. So to draw a comparison to, to get today's game, I would say McAdoo would compare with a Kevin Durant, especially that inner type game within the within the three-point circle, not outside of it, although Durant can knock it out down outside of it. But that mid-range game, that was Bob McAdoo's forte. So and his rebounding prowess. Is reminiscent of a Giannis Antetokounmpo, so so that's the comparison I would do for today's game. Anyhow, so as great as his first five seasons was, uh, actually a great. Um, you'll find rare a uh, five-game start to a career that you find for Bob McAdoo. Um, but even with that, he received little fanfare, especially throughout the NBA itself. Um, his final year and with the Braves, he clashed with ownership because he was having back problems at the time. And of course, money issues because he was about to be a free agent. So, so there was squabbles over that. So he ends up getting traded mid-season to the Knicks along with Tom McMillan for John Gianelli and some cash money. You know, back in the day, they traded players for cash. Like I said, when I did the spotlight on Julius Irvin, that's what the Nets got in return for him, some some uh, some money. So. so in his five years with the 
Buffalo Braves. He averaged 25.4 points per game, 11.4 rebounds, two blocks, 50% from the field, 73% from the free throw line. So absolutely solid numbers. Then when he goes to the New York Knicks, um, he faced turbulence there because uh, at the time, um, he and Spencer Haywood, who was on the team, uh, didn't exactly see eye to eye and couldn't coexist. Um, at the time, also, Walt Frazier was on that team, Earl Monroe, Bill Bradley, Phil Jackson. So you had some of the old guys from the championship regime as well as Spencer Haywood. So they were trying to catch lightning in a the bottle there, but... In the 52 games that he played, uh, he averaged 26.7 points per game, 12.7 rebounds, uh, 1.3 blocks. He shot 52% from the field, also averaged 1.2 steals per game. But the, the team ends up missing the playoffs. So when at the time he came in, Rez Holzman was the coach. Then he steps down. They give the job to Willis Reed. Willis Reed coaches him for one season. And then they end up, after the one season, they fire Willis Reed and hire back Red Holzman the following year. So, so, uh, so then he gets traded midseason to Boston. And in this deal, he gets traded for Tom Barker and three future draft picks. Those picks end up being Bill Cartwright, Larry Dimmick, and Sly Williams. So during his time with the Knicks, he averaged 26.7 points per game, 12 rebounds, 1.4 blocks per game, 1.3 steals per game shooting just about 53% from the field and 71.6 from the free throw line. So, so he only played 20 games with Boston, just 20 games. And Boston at that time was in the midst of a rebuild. So, and ended up finishing actually 29 and 53 at the time. So after that season was done, remember, they had drafted a young man by the name of Larry Bird. So they definitely had to make room for him. So uh, McAdoo gets traded to Detroit. Now, this is an important trade, guys. He's traded for two uh, future first-round picks, one of which was uh, Joe Barry Carroll. Now, remember... Boston had that number one pick and they they end up trading Joe Barry Carroll to Golden State and in return they got Robert Parrish and their number three pick in the draft who happened to be Kevin McHale and there lays the groundwork for the dynasty along with Larry Bird of course so uh, so Bob McAdoo an integral part in Bringing the Boston Celtics their dynasty. Go figure. Anyhow, so let's move on to his his time in Detroit. Oh, oh, in the 20 games with Boston, he averages 
uh, points per game. Seven, a little over seven rebounds, one block, 50% from the field, only 67% from the free throw line. So, uh, so while in Detroit, he str- he struggled there. Um, now, remember, he played center mostly his career. He did some power forward with the Knicks. Now, he definitely had to play power forward because Detroit at the time had Bob Lanier. So, Bob McAdoo had to pretty much be the secondary scorer over there. And also, again, he clashed with management. And actually, they waived him during the uh, 1980 and 81 season. So, um, yeah, so he's... I say his career, you can definitely categorize it in four acts. The first act being his glorious time with the Baltimore Braves. And then this is act two where he kind of bounced around a bit. So, um, so he ends up, uh, being signed by the New Jersey Nets. They, they signed him late in the season. He only played 10 games for them. Um, and at that, this time he's dogged with the label of being a troublemaker, you know, a guy who's a malcontent, and uh, and it looks like he may have played his way out of the league at this time. Because when you get a, a label with those kind of uh, labels there, uh, that's usually not good for you. And also, he was dealing with burn, bone spurs in his foot also. So he had some injury concerns as well. So enter Act 3 of his... <clears throat> of his career. Um, out there in Los Angeles, the Lakers uh, lost one of their big men, uh, Mitch Kupchak, to a, it was a knee injury at the time. And he was done for the season. So the Lakers needed a replacement, and they needed one fast. So on Christmas Eve, the uh, New Jersey Nets, who still had rights to him, uh, dealt Mob McAdoo to the Lakers for a future second round draft pick. So, so Lakers get him cheap. And again, enters Act Three. In Act Three, he transforms himself into a valuable role player who helps the Lakers to win two championships. He was he played a key role coming off the bench for them. So, so from the highest of heights, this is a former league MVP, three-time scoring champ. He goes over to the Lakers and totally becomes the ultimate role player in helping them. Never complaining once, uh, playing with the likes of Magic Johnson, Kareem, spelling Kareem and James Worthy at the time. Uh, He was the perfect fit for that championship uh ball club so so he stayed there four years um got the titles in 1981-82 and then 84-85 then he signs with the philadelphia 76ers after his four-year run in la but he only plays 29 games there over there he played with the likes of julius Irvin, moses malone and Charles Barkley. This was 
um, around the time they had, uh, I think Barkley was in the second year when he arrived. So, and then after that season, uh, Bob McAdoo retires from the NBA, um, kind of over money disputes, so forth. Um, he, he thought he should get better, so. Enters Act 4 of his career. In Act 4 of his career, he he um, he begins playing overseas. He begins playing in Italy, and he actually plays in Italy for seven seasons. Becoming one of the best U.S. players to play over in Europe. Uh, he, he won two straight FIBA EuroLeague Cup titles. A FIBA Intercontinental Cup, two Italian League titles, and the Italian Cup Championship as well. He averaged in his seven years playing over there, 27 points per game, eight point, almost nine rebounds, and he ends up retiring at the age of 41. So uh, definitely, he. <laughs> Had a full resume as a basketball player, nonetheless. So this is Act Four, and he he draws that curtain to a close. He ends up making the Hall of Fame in the year 2000. So uh, Bob McAdoo, starting out again the highest of heights, then he had the turbulence towards um, you know where he kind of. Bounced around the place. The thing was, he even said in an interview, everybody brought him in as the savior. You know, so a lot of pressure was placed upon him. And when things went wrong, where's the blame going to go? Right towards him. So it wasn't until he found his comfort zone with the Lakers where he can go there, be just one of the guys, fit in, and play his game. And actually... uh change this game into the ultimate role player. So, which we, I've talked about that last time with uh, Pete Maravich and his short time with Boston. So, so Bob McAdoo, we salute you as one of the top 75 players. Uh, you should have got on the 50 list, but thankfully they were able to write that wrong. So, we salute you, Bob McAdoo, on a stellar career. And he went on, actually, to be an assistant, a longtime assistant with those Pat Riley um, Miami Heat teams. Also, uh, yeah, he's been a valuable presence on the sidelines, especially, like I said, with, uh, with the likes of Pat Riley. So, again, Bob McAdoo, we salute you and... Uh, we thank you for your contributions to the game. All right, guys. So that is my player spotlight for this week. I'll find someone else to talk about next week, and then we'll go from there. All right. So until then, we'll talk later. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. 
And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD that sport dude. Also, you could email me at that sports dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash GD that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.